0: Our next guest tonight.
1: I'm so excited. We're so excited. This guy was my first Liberty YouTube video. My first.
0: <laughs> first which one was it?
1: The tr- or the one about voting uh, with the imagery of politicians like throwing people's candy like back and forth above their heads burned in my mind.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Kanuckistanian. Stefan Molyneux with the great Tour of the Colonies accent. Nobody knows who the fuck this man is, where he's from, <laughs> or what he does, But he, except for the fact that he is a, is a professional stay-at-home father, which I'm incredibly jealous of. When I grow up, I want to be Stefan Molyneux. I want to be a stay-at-home dad and, and run a podcast. He is the host of freedomainradio.com and an incredible YouTube channel, youtube.com slash stephbot, with... Uh, over 10 million views and while I put out a, a shit ton of random ridiculousness on YouTube like 7 days a week, he puts out these videos that are true epiphanies for everybody who watches them, as you mentioned Amanda and, and we're excited to have you on as, as co-host and we bring Stefan back on here and um, Stefan Molyneux I, I don't know what else to say but uh, to, by, with our audience you should need no introduction by now, ladies and gentlemen Stefan Molyneux
2: well thank you very much and um thanks for those kind words amanda i think it only goes to show uh, exactly what i tell my daughter on a regular basis <laughs> that strangers have the best candy Ooh. and uh, i hope that, uh <laughs> especially if they're in a windowless van driving slowly uh but no it's great to be back how are you guys doing uh well stefan what's
0: what the hell is wrong with america we're still talking about guns here Uh, (laughs) really we need help we need help help us we have no time for pleasantries tonight
2: (laughs) well I mean there's of course a huge amount that's wrong with America a huge amount that's right with America in terms of its basic and essential philosophy but there's quite a significant amount that's wrong with it and um, uh, the guns thing is interesting I did a video recently where I pointed out that he, everybody always said, and we saw this with Pierce Morgan, um, you know, slowly wiping the Alex Jones spittle off his face, uh, <laughs> that he kept saying, "Well, what's the gun murder rate in England?" And it was like thirty-five or something, as opposed to over eleven thousand for America. But that doesn't have anything to do with.
1: Uh oh.
0: The Skype has stopped working. Do we? Oh, Skype stopped working. Windows is checking for a solution. Hmm.
1: Isn't Skype right. a British company? Maybe they took offense to what <gasps> we were just saying about them.
0: They're dear Piers Morgan. Why don't we restart Skype and see if we can get Molyneux back on here? But, you know, I was, I really thought like the, the video that I did, I guess it was a week ago, um, there was the anti NRA protest mm-hmm. at their press conference in DC. Total accident that I happened to be there, I happened to be dressed looking like a reporter didn't work for these people anyways blocking my camera you know as soon as they knew that i was i had a bias when i was there i got assaulted i got assaulted at an anti-gun rally like and i mean i hate to use the term assault in places like this but it was a clear case of assault a guy shoving his sign into my camera shoving me back and then when i got up against the fence he actually turned and you can see this in the video and like shoulder checked me like he and he was a big dude. He was like six inches taller than me, and like you know, really big, dopey-looking guy. And you can see in the video. Mm-hmm. But like, you think that that would have ended the debate? Like, people would, yeah, you know, couldn't couldn't we just show that video to everybody in America and then like not talk about this anymore?
1: But that would make too much sense. <sighs>
2: Pierce and Morgan that's really would've... the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh, and I just 42. hope that no internet hiccups kept that from reaching your audience.
0: Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Stefan. No problem. It's
2: you. Uh, that, was re- that was really my entire message boiled down to in about the most potent 35 seconds of oratory that all human beings have ever experienced. So I'm, I'm just very glad that we didn't lose any of that. Yes. And that that massive <laughs> fireball of illumination is now lighting up the foreheads of your listeners. You're welcome.
0: Uh, uh, most, I think Once most of again, our audience has hair.
1: Brilliant imagery. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the metaphors, especially. How did you pack them all into thirty-five seconds?
2: All well, right. you know me. I've never metaphor I didn't like. Uh, 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 <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's no. Let way. me have another one of these. Yeah. Yeah. It worked wine. for Christopher Hitchens. I'm sure it worked work for me too.
1: <laughs> Caesar, bring me wine.
2: Yeah, we should be drinking wine. No, 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 no. As an anarchist, of course, this night. is the blood of newborns. So.
1: <laughs> oh right, right, right.
0: So there is no way that you could have in 35 seconds told us what's wrong with America.
2: Ah. Well, I mean, one of the things that you see studiously, and I'm not an expert in this, but this is one of the things that you see studiously, studiously avoided in any conversations in American media about uh, gun control is that there are sort of two major factors that aren't talked about. One is the fact that there's a huge war on drugs, and because America is the biggest market for drugs and has some of the strictest prohibitions, it tends to get the most gang-related activity, and a majority of the murders are gang-related. And the second is the absolutely catastrophic situation within large sections of the black community. I mean, you simply can't talk about, you know, people said to me, well, there's a very low... The uh, uh, homicide rate in Japan, but Japan is a highly homogenous. I mean, higher suicides in Japan, but Japan is a highly culturally homogenous island, and you know it's just everybody tiptoes around this basic fact that in certain concentrated and highly dysfunctional areas of the black community you have staggering amounts of crime which completely skews the numbers and again with this weird place in society where the only things that matter are the things that nobody is talking about it's like it's like trying to figure out who's really pretty by looking at a negative of the picture uh, and so Nobody's talking about the degree to which you know very localized urban black violence and the, the high murder rate among and black-on-black black violence. The immensely dysfunctional. Um, Thomas Sowell talks about it, and other people talk about it, but the mainstream media simply won't touch it with a ten-foot pole. And so you're led, with you're sort of left with these ridiculous comparisons of America to England, as if that's the, as if gun control is the only difference between the two cultures. So. I-
0: you know i my my take on on firearms is largely inspired by your uh, one of your early podcasts and, I, and for for people that don't know stefan's early podcasts really lay out an incredible philosophical vision and you can go back and listen to those they're they're very timeless and there's there was only one point uh that, that it, in those early podcasts that came up where i was uh, I had a little trouble with. And that's your your concept of self-defense and nonviolence. And obviously i'm I'm totally with you on the ideals and the concepts and the but but on the issue of of non-retaliation, uh, you know, I, I seem to have i still want to be able to defend myself even if only with pepper spray even if the market demands that i don't use a firearm but that i have a non-lethal taser instead you know i still want to be able to use force in in my defense but i'm also very excited to see that we are evolving past being a society where you can even make a credible case for guns ever being necessary for self-defense as as a libertarian as an anarchist how do you combine advocating for gun rights in the present and not having the government come and take away guns at all, and yet not advocating self-defense or, or advocating a world in which guns uh, would would one day not be necessary in between hum- in use between human beings?
2: Well, to be precise my position has never been that self-defense is immoral i mean self-defense right. is a moral action it's not required but it's certainly i mean who's going to condemn someone you know someone comes running at you with you know 12 chainsaws uh, and you have to shoot them in the knee to get them to stop or wherever yeah i mean i have no particular problem with that clearly it's a situation we don't want to be in right i mean that's a real extremity of self-defense uh you know like um <laughs> It sort of reminds me that I remember reading a long time ago in an army manual that, um, that if you get a part of your body stuck to a frozen pole, the best thing to do is to pee on it because your pee is warm and it will get you off the frozen pole. So yes, you hmm. can pee on yourself, but really wouldn't it be better <laughs> to just not have any part of you on the frozen pole to begin with? Of course, if it's your penis that's actually attached to the frozen pole, then you've got Ooh. some serious gymnastics to, to get yourself free. That doesn't uh, happen a in the of military, on that, which are really a uh, subscriber-only uh, trauma centers, but um, <laughs> Stefan, uh, so, so Stefan, I don't, yes, I don't, you, I don't you know can legally and morally and, and virtuously defend yourself <laughs> against violence. But, boy, wouldn't it be great to not be in that position well, to begin hold, with? Hold on, so, Stefan. Oh, I've tried to do Hold, to, hold on, hold on. Sorry, Have,
0: having been in the military, I don't know what manual you are reading, but I just want to reassure people that, not, not that, that that I'm encouraging people to enlist, but that if they are in the military or they, they might be considering it, getting your penis stuck to a frozen pole might not happen as often as you would get the impression from listening to Stefan Molyneux. Once just again,
1: titillating imagery from Stefan.
2: Well, um, it's a dangerous place. And a a rather chilly lady from Poland. I'm not sure what you were talking about. Uh, So, uh, this is all kinds of different. But anyway, uh, so uh, the important thing is the prevention thing, right? Unfortunately, we have no agencies within society at the moment that profit from the prevention of violence and the prevention of violence is what we're all looking for you know we really don't want to have some extremity of radiation blast to cure of some horrible illness we want to not have that illness to begin with so I have no problem with self-defense I think that the focus on self-defense is a little heavy in libertarian circles Um, of course where violence comes from in general is from child abuse and when you're a child your capacity for self-defense against caregiver or parental violence, which is 75 or 80 percent of the violence that is committed against children. I mean, you pretty much have no capacity for self-defense as a child. And so, you know, we can focus on it. I think it's fine. Um, But really, I think what we should be doing is focusing on ways in which we can prevent violence from coming into people's lives. And that is around having a society which profits from peace. And unfortunately, we have a terrible society that profits from from violence. Like I just got well, a letter well, today well, from hold, hold on, hold on. A a
0: second. Oh, hold on a second though. You got to put the, oh, put that Let in, me keep in... moving.
2: It's it's I make a lot more sense if I just keep moving and don't <laughs> stop for questions. Is that is that okay? Right.
0: But Hold on. You got to you got to put this in in, in perspective because <laughs> w- you say
1: that society probably He's taking from it violence. out of perspective actually.
0: Oh, hey. Hey, Stefan. Oh, wait. Who are you?
2: Um so, Sorry, <laughs> uh, I I agree with your agreement with me. Um should we continue? Well, <laughs> well, I was, I had, a, I had an important question. Stefan about,
0: is saucy. Where was that? Where was I going with that? With Stefan? No, Stefan, the, you, you said. No, I disagree. I totally disagree with what you said. You said that society profits from violence and not from peace, and I, I absolutely disagree. And you say that there's no institution. no, no
2: our current society, like our current system. Profits from violence and not from peace. Society is a whole wait, wait. Like, like the peaceful elements of society pay enormously, but right, there's no right. specific See, agency or entity that profits from peace.
0: You're, you're like you're you're uh, you're you're you seem to be confusing society and, and government. Government benefits from violence. Society suffers from violence. Society always benefits from peace.
2: I'm, I just wanted to part yeah. – I mean maybe – People in the government are part of society. People in the military, industrial, welfare, warfare, prison complex are part of society. So you're right. But to be more precise than society, there are agencies which fundamentally run all of society at the point of a gun that profit enormously from violence. And there are no specific agencies at the moment that profit from the prevention – of uh, the the factors which contribute to the rise of violence in a free society that would be entirely reversed you had to have agencies that would vastly profit and in fact would only be profitable if they prevented violence from coming into being through you know some sort of uh, intelligent intervention in any possibly traumatic early childhood experiences that people were having and you would not have people who profit from violence at all because you're right violence as a whole is incredibly unprofitable for society as a whole, it's only profitable for specific people in the short run. So you're saying self-defense is not
0: an immoral act, but what is your personal policy towards self-defense and why?
2: Uh, my personal policy is avoid any situations where I, it will ever be necessary.
0: Are you, can, can you say with perfect assurance that that's never going to happen and that you can therefore not think through what you would do in certain circumstances if threatened?
2: Well, I mean, if uh, if threatened for property, I will give property. I mean, I don't care that much about stuff. If threatened personally and uh, if I'm armed, then yes, I will. I mean, if it's not about property, right, then I'm not going to, uh, you know, go down without a fight. No, of course not. I mean, if, if my family is threatened, uh, of course, and I have my gun with me, then I'm going to... Have that uh, be part of the equation, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm very much one for avoidance and prevention rather than cure. Of course, in the current situation, if you get involved in a self-defense situation, ask George Zimmerman, it can get very political and very complicated and can eat up years of your life and, and cause untold stress and so on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, if there was a situation where, you know, I had weaponry and there was some... Uh, just way to use it to prevent violence to my harm to myself or others yes i would do that i would regret being in the situation i would regret, regret having to do the action but it would certainly be better than submitting
0: and if you could have a taser rather than a gun
2: i i presume you'd choose the taser i'm not i mean i'm not entirely convinced of that um tasers are significantly limited what if it was a super um, and, what uh, if it was
0: a future taser <laughs> that did whatever you wanted so just, super just if we're going it's from the future you
2: from just future, the teleport button and go to the Bahamas <laughs> so, you know what I want to that's talk so about Adam? No, if avoid there's violence. a non-lethal way of doing it of course right I mean that's, that's better if there's a way of disabling someone rather than harming or killing them in any permanent yeah of course right but um, these are not always the situations that people are in right so like the two and a half million crimes that are prevented or avoided or reduced in, in danger from people who have weapons I say yeah Good for you. I mean, I don't think that you should wander through, you know, um, the, the the back the back bush of Africa without a weapon in case some tiger is stalking you. Or sorry, some lion is stalking you. Yes, I know lots, not not, not a lot of tigers in Africa every time, right? But so if you're in a place where there's lots of predators, yeah, then have a, a weapon. I mean, that's fine. Um, I choose not to do a lot of wandering through places where there are a lot of predators. Uh, So that's my particular preference. But um, I think for the people who use guns in self-defense for people who have prevented uh, harm to themselves and the studies are quite clear that people who use weapons when confronted with a criminal uh, lose less property and suffer less physical injury uh, as a result. So it is actually a violence reducing thing. um, But it's just kind of regretful that it's it's necessary at the moment. And, you know, as a philosopher, I'm really only interested in nutrition, not surgery, right? So I'm interested in building the, the conditions or, or advocating for the conditions that will alleviate the need for these things at all. Um, so, but other people, of course, you know, and then surgeons have their place as well as nutritionists, but uh, I think that I'm much more into long-term solutions myself. Although, yeah, if self-defense is necessary, then, then fine.
1: Somebody in this room is the recent recipient of the 2012 Liberty Inspiration Award, and it's not me. It's not you. It's not Caesar.
2: It's not Salad.
1: Is this guy? it's stefan molyneux
0: did we just get that over the wires like right now
1: Does no i really got it over the wire of my brain yesterday
0: oh yesterday well congratulations stefan
2: well thanks it, it really is amazing what kind of traction you get um you know through extortion blackmail and kidnapping uh, because <laughs> having studied politics for so long i've realized that the best way to influence voting is through threats and bribes and so um, mm-hmm. I feel I've learned from my political masters and climbed to the top of the heat through various nefarious means, but I gratefully accept the award on the Academy's behalf. Absolutely. That was beautiful.
0: Well, Stefan, if we, if we may go back to guns, what's your best argument for the statist gun
2: grabber? For the statist gun grabber?
0: You wouldn't you, – you, well, did, um, did you catch Alex Jones on Piers Morgan?
2: You, you, yes, you, in fact, and I thought he was just on the show, but he actually seemed to be physically on him. Yeah, I mean,
0: is Spittle I, an I
2: effective rebuttal? I don't know rebuttal? how many Frappuccinos that man powers his ego with first thing in the morning, but I imagine it's something like a diesel truck's worth. and I mean, there's quite a swing and set of Texas-sized cojones there to go in and uh, launch that level of Spittle at the implacable <laughs> British uh, Reserve. So it's not the approach I would have taken, but uh, you know, I certainly do admire the man's Passion and energy, but um, I would simply say that uh, you know nobody is for gun control. This is a ridiculous notion. Uh, nobody, nobody in the whole world is for gun control. Uh, what they want is for guns to remain in the hands of a political monopoly. I mean, this is a really, really clear thing to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to get rid of guns. What they want to do is they want to centralize the use of guns in the hands of a political monopoly. And if people are willing to defend that then I simply assume they've never cracked the history book and have no right to, to say anything on the subject whatsoever. That's a very good point.
0: Amanda, do we have any questions from the chat tonight?
1: For Stefan? Yeah. Uh, well, every actually, the chat is blowing up about Stefan. Um, I don't know that all of it is completely appropriate, as there has been so <laughs> much titillating imagery thrown back and forth tonight.
0: Stefan, have you ever had your penis frozen on a cold <laughs> pole somewhere while you were in the military, which you never were?
2: Well, I will know, and I will say this, I will say this, um, and, okay, brace yourself. No, but, I mean, for those who don't know, uh, after high school, you know, I was, I've been sort of on my own um, since I was about 15, and after high school, I was completely broke, and I wanted to go to college, and so what I did was I worked as a prospector, a gold panner, uh, a, um, a claim staker, and so on, in northern Ontario for about a year and a half, and then I did another summer a little bit later, and I did spend the entire winter up around the not too far from the Arctic Circle uh, and in a tent, basically, I mean, a big tent with some heating and so on, but uh, the coldest I think I've ever been <laughs> was when um, uh, you know after a while you you get a little bit backwards and gamey uh, you know after you squish around in your uh, long johns uh, and uh, Parker for a couple of weeks uh, uh, through the through the frozen tundra. And so eventually you just like, I know it's like minus 30 or minus 40 outside, but I simply have to wash. And so you get your snow, you put it on your heater, and then you basically go outside. You take a deep breath of unholy (laughs) courage, and you just basically wash yourself. I've never been to the point where as I'm washing myself, the water is physically freezing. Like you have to finish quickly because it's freezing on you as you're washing yourself. And... uh, you know, but I tell you this, I've never felt so cold, but I've also never quite felt so clean in my life because, you know, shaving ice off you uh, with, uh, with a dial uh, soap is just a wonderful kind of clean. Nothing I'd really want to reproduce, but I think that's probably the closest that I've come.
1: So we do have a question here. This is from chat room Henrik Grund. Stefan, what got you into liberty and have you always had those inclinations?
2: I've not always had those inclinations. Uh, as I mentioned recently, uh, I was a good statist uh, Christian young fellow, and then I uh, sort of gave up on Christianity for a variety of reasons and moved more towards socialism in the good old 20th century tradition. Less God, more Stalin. I wasn't a communist, but uh, I was a socialist. And, uh, I mean, it really was Sein Rand uh, just reading The Fountainhead. Uh, it was just irresistible. I mean, it's deeply exciting literature, of course, right? But it was... Uh, The first time, I think, I'd really come in contact with non-statist nobility, right? Because nobility that you see when you're a kid, it's always statist in one form or another. It's always James Bond on His Majesty's Secret Service, and it's always some military thing, or it's always some super spy, or it's always someone doing the government's business. Like, the very definition of heroism is killing whoever the rulers point at. That basically was all that I was inculcated with. And the only other kinds of heroism that I'd kind of come in contact with were... You know Alyosha in the Brothers Karamazov. This kind of, you know, weak, need, vaguely, sipid kind of, or insipid kind of Christian do-goodery stuff, which I just never found particularly sinewy or look-up-toable. But with Ayn Rand's characters, you get uh, heroism without violence. I mean, that really is uh, a uh, heroism without obeying orders. Mm. Heroism that is not designed to serve the murderous lusts and desire for power and control of the rulers that be. It's (laughs) non-livestock confidence that uh, Ayn Rand puts forward. I mean, that was deeply thrilling to me, and and through Ayn Rand, of course, got into the the economics uh, of that. I didn't really learn about the Austrian school until much later, but that really got me interested in philosophy, the idea that there was a possible framework for answering some very significant questions. And I spent a good 20 years as an objectivist, and they were wonderful times. And, um, you know, then I just gave up trying to square the circle of voluntary taxation and, uh, you know, slipped over to the great beyond of anarchy.
0: Well, hold on, that gets to uh, another definitional issue. Would you not say that it is against the philosophical concept of objectivism itself, that it's it, the inconsistency is not being an objectivist versus being a libertarian but the the inconsistency is calling yourself objective while advocating for taxation
2: yeah I mean I think now sort of looking back at it, any philosophy which names itself is already making a mistake I mean to call something objectivism I mean it's either good philosophy or it's bad philosophy like we don't call good biology Dawkins Enzium or whatever it is right right uh, and we don't call good good physics uh, Einsteinism or Hawkinsianism or something like that. I mean, it's just good science or it's bad science. It's good economics or it's bad economics. You know, the Austrian versus the Chicago versus the Keynesian versus the monetary school and all. It's, I mean, this tells you that the, the science is you – know, the discipline is, is missing some very fundamental uh, definitional issues and remains largely a academic – power turf, grab wars of in- <laughs> of infinitesimally small significance. And so uh, the fact that she had to call it objectivism rather than this is just philosophy. Like it's good philosophy, it's bad philosophy. And that's why, I mean, obviously it would be ridiculous to me that I never named my philosophy in the way that I Rand did. But I just think I'm trying to either do good philosophy or if I make mistakes, it's bad philosophy, I need to correct it. Uh, but uh, the idea that philosophy can answer these questions is important. For an objectivist to obviously to have allegiance to reason and evidence is to be philosophical to call yourself an objectivist is to set up something that's different from the word philosophy and i think that's a mistake
0: mm, i've have always thought of, uh, of objectivist or uh, objectivism as the the how of philosophy but I, I now we're just parsing the words there so i'll i'll have to reconsider that because it does have that connotation with Ayn Randianism specifically where I've I've always thought objectivism is even something as as a rational way of doing philosophy I've always considered your philosophy to be objective to be in that sense good philosophy
2: yeah and I mean one of the mistakes and uh, you know I hate to pick on that Smoky Vixen's corpse, because she was just a fantastic human being. But <laughs> I didn't like, in particular, or even remotely, the aspect of you know, come to me for the answers. You know, this is really not a good way to set up uh, a a school of philosophy. I mean, a school of philosophy is here's how to think. Like nobody has a séance consulting the 400-year past ghost of Francis Bacon to figure out which scientific theories are correct or not. Or you know, nobody wears. Uh, these uh, bracelets that say, "You know, what would uh, Niels Bohr do?" Uh, you, you simply what have methodologies that are reproducible to everyone. You encourage their reproduction, and you will certainly ask and answer questions within a particular group. Or if there's someone really good at it, you like me, maybe you go and ask them. But the whole purpose is to reproduce the process, the methodology, in for other people and in other people to to keep it away from the individual. Yes.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, our guest has been Stefan Molyneux. Stefan, as always, thank you so much for joining us. If you want your own philosophical epiphany, the place to go is freedomainradio.com, youtube.com slash stephbot, and we're grateful to have him on as a friend of the show on a regular basis, and as we get smoother with our production, and we get get our Skype figured out, we'll be having him back on. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks,
1: Stefan.